time. <laughs> kind of sketchy, no. But it's not a word that you see there a lot, but it was kids' night last night at the races. And so we, we took advantage of that, and thank God they were willing to let us come do that. And I don't know, I think we handed out between 50 and 75 Jesus Day cards, but I do know that we hit every kid that was between first and sixth grade at least once, if not twice, if not three times. So, yeah, they kept coming back. So, because uh, we had candy and goodies and things like that, and we had we had some kids that had participated in Jesus Day that don't go to church here that were helping us. We ended up with two or three other kids that we have no idea who they are that just started showing up and grabbing cards and candy and taking it out and handing it out to kids. So. I'm certain that we hit every kid at least once, if not up to three times. So it was, it was just awesome. It was neat to see. And, and the one thing that really stuck out to me that has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus Day was just the generosity of that crowd of people. They had a kid's night, and so they had brought, there was oodles of bikes, brand new bikes of all different sizes and shapes, scooters. There was backpacks that they had for kids, and they weren't just backpacks, but they were stuffed completely full of, of uh, uh, school supplies and things like that. And that went on for almost a half hour of them. That's what I thought, the racers. And so here, these guys are, you know, I, some of them I see that you know that they put more money into their race cars than they do on their own plate at home i swear you know some of them you can tell that and and yet here they all come dragging a bike in or something like that and just i mean literally thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff given away at a a fairly small event and and those kids were blessed it was just a it was a really cool night so i just encourage you there's something somewhere that you can do for Jesus Day, a crowd somewhere that you can go inhabit, a neighborhood, a, a friend, or whatever, and take some of those cards and get them out there. We're up to 49 kids signed up right now. The, and, and while that maybe doesn't sound like a lot, the biggest crowd we've had to date is 33. So we're, we're doing something this year. And, it's, and it's, I'm just excited to see. And it, it is. It's going to be unique. We've got John Tash coming. So, um, you know, there's, there's some cards back there yet on the foyer table of, for the Jesus Day invites. Grab them. Get them out there. Everybody knows a kid that, that, that we could bless and, and get here that day and, and, and make a wonderful day. And, and as we've always said, you know, we did that at the races. If we get one kid to come, 100% worth it. Couldn't have been a better, more productive night. And if we do this whole event and one kid gets saved, how can you put a price on that? This whole event is worth it, 100% guarantee. And I know for a fact because kids have that childlike faith. It's just the awesome thing that we'll see more than one kid saved that day. I can guarantee that. So go ahead and stand up this morning. We'll get ready for service. I want to point something out. I don't know if you've noticed that when we come in here, and go ahead and shut that light down, that the lights are generally down about five minutes till. And maybe you've noticed, maybe you never have, and I'm, and you're not... A spiritual failure if you've never noticed but usually within that five minute realm somewhere in there if you're if you're paying attention at all you'll notice the presence of God just starts seeping into this place at about two till today I just man his presence just dumped in here and, and just blessed my socks off I could go home right now I, I'm just I'm satisfied I'm, I'm not satisfied I shouldn't say it that way but I want I want more but but and maybe you didn't notice at all. And that's fine. You're not a spiritual failure. But I just encourage you when you come 
The reason the lights are down, not that we don't want fellowship and talking, that's all good too, but don't, don't forget him. And he's here, and, and, and we have an opportunity this morning to worship and to praise our God. And, and, and if nothing else, I'm thankful for what took place last night. I know some kids are going to show up, and I know that there's a real good chance those kids are going to be born again. And, you know, I didn't come to know Christ until I was 20 years old. How much easier life could have been to know him at a young age. What an awesome opportunity we have. So, Father, this morning we come into your presence. We enter your courts with praise and thanksgiving upon our lips. We are thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus, which gives us that right to be able to come right into your throne room, right into your presence, to lift you up and to magnify and to exalt your holy name this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Put the first slide up. can't hold back your praise. What's the next line say? I can't hold back your praise. This side is winning, by the way. Let's try that one more time together. I can't hold back your praise.
singing. This is the time for dancing. This is the time for celebrating.
So we lift up one voice And we worship with one heart We're united by your spirit Oh, the glory of Christ Yes, we lift up one more And we worship with one heart We're united by your Spirit Oh, the glory of Christ And it's all for
unite us by your spirit for the glory of Christ unite us by your spirit for the glory Father, this morning, we thank you. Because of Jesus, we've been redeemed. Because of Jesus, we've been made whole. Because of you, Jesus, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Sanctified and holy, separated for you. It's all because of your precious blood, Jesus. And so, Lord, this morning, we focus on You. We focus on You, Lord Jesus. And from hearts filled with praise and gratitude, we lift up Your name and we thank You, Lord God, for all that You've done for Your people. This day and every day, we'll sing Your praises. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen, Amen. Say, it's all because of Jesus. That's it. Amen. It tells us in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit is paraclete. That means He's our comforter, our helper, our teacher, our advocate. And that we're to be led by the Spirit of God in everything we do. I got some books. We need the Spirit of God working in our lives and in this city and in this nation more than ever before. I got some books. They're all about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives, and um, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. Great book. Um, And then that's by Kenneth Hagin. And then David Hernandez has Carriers of the Glory, Becoming a Friend of the Holy Spirit, and Praying in the Holy Spirit. And so we have these available. If you're interested, you can see me after the service, and we'll have them for uh, for you, they're, the Hernandez books are a little expensive, but they're an investment into your lives, into your spiritual lives. Quickly, I will give you the announcements for this week, and then we'll receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Ne- we have changed the date for Family Fun Night to next Sunday from 4 to 7 at Muscatine. Just pray for good weather. Uh, You know about Jesus Day. We've talked about Jesus Day, August 26th. This Wednesday night, midweek service at 7 o'clock. Tuesday night, Patriots at 6 o'clock. And then tomorrow night at 5.30 is the school board meeting. It is at the administration building at 5th and Phillip. Now, you can be led by the Spirit. We've prayed about this. But at some point, you have to put your faith to action. It is not because we hate people. It is because we love people and we love children. And the enemy, the devil, is trying to get children. And you have to put your faith to action at some point. It starts at 530. If you can be there early, that would probably be a good thing. It probably will last a long time. But even if you can't get there right at 530, Come, just the bodies there to support those school board members, 
to support righteousness. Stand against ungodliness. If you saw that movie, Sound of Freedom, they can abduct children and take them to Mexico and South America, but they can enable them to go towards the enemy's camp right here in the city. And that's what they're attempting to do, and we have to do something. We have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So it's very important. If at all you can be there, if you can stand up and say something, if you're led to do that, that's fine too. But we need to be united on this, and those school board members and the community need to see that we're there and, and we're united for the things of God and godliness. So I would encourage you to do that. That's tomorrow night, 5.30 at the administration building, 5th and Philip. You can still send emails. If, if you have not done that, you can still get that done. So I would just encourage you to do that. We've been reading, I've been reading to you about prospering. And I think above all else, you've got to understand and have faith to prosper. And to have faith, it comes by hearing the word of God. So we've been reading the word, uh, the scripture from um, John, third John, verse two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. That was not written to heathens. That was not written to ungodly people. That was written to someone in the body of Christ. And John's telling them that I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. So a lot of you got this book when Mike Keyes was here about crossing over. On page 39, he has a section on this scripture talking about prosperity and health. And I would encourage you to go back. If you have not read that yet, go back and read that over and over. I'll read one little portion. It says, first, why does God want his people to prosper first it's because he loves us and wants the best for us in our in his life he wants us to take care of our children he wants us to help our neighbors he wants us to help those in need and secondly it's because evangelism costs money and demands physical health poor people cannot fund the gospel and so we need to realize that that god wants us to prosper not just that we live in glorious houses, although there's nothing wrong with that, but he wants us to prosper to use that money to help people and promote the kingdom of God. Read you one more scripture. How anybody can deny that God wants his people to prosper when you read scriptures like this. Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings.
Amen. We've been on a subject on the anointing. Everyone say the anointing. And our purpose is to gain understanding of the anointing, the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose for the anointing of God. Amen. And that's why we have to be so careful to guard that anointing. And um, I want to read to you, and Mike is going to come, and, and, uh, but I want to read to you, this has been our text in Second Chronicles 5, and verse 11, and this is where the temple was completed, and they all entered the temple, but there were certain protocols, there was a divine order there, and it says in verse 11, it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers, and those of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, and their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, harps, and with them 120 priests, sounding the trumpets. Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. That's just what we sang this morning. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking. Say praising and thanking. The Lord, and when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets, cymbals, instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with the cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. We said there's three ingredients that are vital for God's glory to manifest in the house of God. Number one, it's sanctification and holiness. Number two, it's unity and harmony, harmony, oneness. And then the third one is praise. And that's what Mike is going to share about a little bit today. And, and then if, if we have time, I'll share a little bit about it. Amen? Micah. Good morning, Harvest Church. First off, I just want to thank Abe and the worship team for the wonderful time of worship and praise this morning. I definitely sense that there was a, a strong anointing and there was a there was a sense of freedom and unity in here. And there's nothing like the sound of of one people united together in praise and in worship. So just thank you for that. Um, today I want to talk about praise like Dad talked about. And the reason I want to minister on praise is not to get people jacked up to try and praise and worship and all that. It's simply I want to help bring understanding as to why we praise and worship the way we do. So as we get new people in the church, some people might not understand why we praise and worship the way we do as full gospel, Pentecostals, Charismatics, whatever you want to call us, right? If you've grown up in a denominational church, maybe a Lutheran, Catholic, or Baptist church, more than likely, you don't shouting and clapping and singing and dancing might come off crazy to you. And that's why I want to talk about this, so that we can help all of us come into an understanding of why every expression of praise is so important. Um, so, you know, more than likely, if you've grown up in that denominational church background, you know you've experienced singing hymns from the pew, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a powerful time and place from that for that. The problem is, is many Christians can get into a rut and into a tradition of doing the same thing week after week of just singing the same hymns from the 80s and 90s and doing the same thing all the time. 
And there's so much more to our praise and worship than just that. There are so many different expressions of praise. And so today I'm going to talk and touch on a few different actual Hebrew translations uh, or expressions for praise. So first I want to look at the definition of the word praise according to the dictionary. The word praise means to express warm approval or admiration of. And I want you to focus on the word express there. Expressing is a verb. It requires action. All expressions of praise have faith as their basis. So, like I said, expressing is a verb. It requires action. Taking action requires faith. And we know it's impossible to, impossible to please God without faith. So when we express praise to God, we're taking steps of faith or we're acting in faith. You know, when I grew up, when I was younger, I did not enjoy worship. I did not enjoy praise at all. Uh, I was constantly thinking about what other people were thinking of me. You know, my voice is crappy and sucks. And I don't have a good voice. People are judging me. People are going to judge me for raising my hands. And I was just more focused on myself. And I think that's something we can all do is worry about ourselves or what other people are thinking about us during worship and not focused on a heart for God. God doesn't care if you don't have a perfect sounding voice. He cares about your heart. Um, But I believe the more you take steps of faith with your praise, simply singing for somebody might be a big step of faith in, in a corporate setting like this. Raising your hands during worship might be a larger step of faith. And then even praising might be even a larger step of faith then. And then we're all kind of working on a step of faith towards dancing and things like that. But but the more steps of faith you take with your praise, the more your faith will grow and be strengthened, and the easier it will become to enter into praise. And I think of it like a dam or a levee. If you think about the Spencer Dam in 2019, you know, all those ice chunks, all that water didn't just blow right through the Spencer Dam and flood the area. Over time, it built up against the dam, and all that pressure was added to the dam until one crack led to another crack to another crack, and then it blew through. And I think about our praise kind of like that. You know, that pressure builds up in us during praise and worship. The Holy Spirit's stirring you and convicting you to enter into praise, to raise your hands, to kneel down, to shout, or whatever. And as that pressure builds uh, and you release that faith by raising your hand, it just leads to one crack to another crack until our praise is gushing forth and it's like the levee or the dam breaking and our praise uh, flowing out, which is very powerful. Isaiah 43:21 says, This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. So each and every one of you, each and every one of us were created to praise God. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you and I were literally called by God to show forth his praises. That's powerful to me. So there's actually different Hebrew translations for the word praise. A few years ago, Scott had been studying these out and had handed out a piece of paper over the seven Hebrew words for praise. So I'm not going to go through all seven today, but there's three that I want to touch on that I think are really relevant for this time we're in. Number one is the word halal. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. It's kind of a funny sounding word, though. 
but it's the most common word for praise. This word means to boast, to brag, or rave about God, even to the point of appearing foolish. And a few weeks ago when Mike Keyes was here, he was talking about this, and I think about it too. It's very funny how, you know, so many people, especially Nebraskans, can go to a Husker football game, can shout their lungs out, can act completely foolish like idiots, paint their faces, do all this stuff, and it's completely normal. Nobody bats an eye. But the second that we, the people of God, want to come to church and shout and boast or rave about God in church for how great he is, people look like we're crazy, they think we're crazy, they act like we're crazy for doing that, and it just doesn't make sense to me. All of a sudden you hear people in the community going, I don't know about that church, you know, they seem awful radical. Why are they so excited to praise God the way they're praising God? Why are they shouting? Why are they raising their hands? You know, God forbid I come to church and actually act joyful and want to celebrate and be excited about a God who has saved me and delivered me from eternal death and hell and destruction. So the word halal occurs 165 times in the Old Testament. It occurs in Psalms 48, verse 1. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in his holy mountain. It occurs again in Psalm 44, verses 4 through 8. Verse 8, it says, In God we boast all the day long and praise your name forever. That boast and that praise there is translated halal. Psalm 63, verse 5, I'm going to be mentioning multiple times throughout this. Uh, it says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. With what kind of lips? Stoic and grumpy lips, joyful lips, like we sang about today, amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 21, verses 12 through 16. I find kind of an interesting example of this. In Matthew 21, verses 12 through 16, we see Jesus uh, cleanses out the temple. He drives out the money changers, those who are buying and selling doves. Uh, because they turned uh, a house of prayer into, the, into a den of thieves. So he drives them out of the temple, and after that the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And it says he healed them. So if you look at verse 14, it says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things he did, and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They were mad and angry and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. So even then, the religious Pharisees were offended by people that would shout and praise and boast of God. Here, Jesus just got done healing the sick, healing the blind and the lame. They were seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. And what did the religious spirits behind the Pharisees and the chief priests have to say? Do you hear what these people are saying, mocking them for their praise to God? And, you know, I kind of think that sounds awful familiar to the day we're living in, doesn't it? Sounds like the same religious spirit that seems to be behind so many Christians today. So despite what the religious say, it is good to shout. It is good to sing and clap and boast and rave about God because he has perfected praise and he is worthy of all of our praise. So that's halal. The second Hebrew word I want to talk about 
uh, for praise is the word yada, which is Y-A-D-A-H. Yada means to worship with extended hands. It's a thankful expression of praise using the hands. So when you see us raising our hands during worship, that's what this is. Psalms 134, verse 1 through 2 says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Again, in Psalm 63, verse 4, it says, Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. So lifting our hands to God during worship is very important. It has a reason which I'll get to. Chronicles 20, verse 21 says, Give thanks, translated yada, to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The word yada comes from two root words. Yad, which is the first root word, which means the open hand, direction, and power. And the second root word, ah, ah, which has reference to Jehovah. So when you put the two together, they mean hands to God. So when you think about when we lift our hands to God, they're going in the direction of God. And, and Yara praise, it says, is one of the most powerful and explosive, explosive, I can't talk, explosive forms of praise. So we're throwing our hands up towards God in power and thanksgiving and surrender. Yada is both an expression of thankfulness and surrender. So when you raise your hands during worship, you're doing it from a standpoint of adoration and surrender to God. So think of a young child running to their father with their hands in the air, crying out to him to hold them. That's the same, same kind of thing as we lift our hands to God. It's very easy to get in the habit of raising our hands during worship. I think from you know just a standpoint of seeing other people do it, and from a standpoint of you know just thinking that's what we're supposed to do during worship. But um, I think we just kind of do it because we think that's what we're supposed to do. But it's easy to forget why we do it, and that's the most important is why we're doing what we do. So now in worship, when, in the days ahead, when you decide to raise your hands, I want you to think about surrendering yourself to the Father. Think about how thankful you are for Him and all that He's done for you and all that He is. That's the sole purpose behind our praise and worship is just focusing on Him and what makes Him so holy and what makes Him so worthy and so good. So in the days ahead, you know, I think... In the morning when I wake up and spend time with God and I read the word and I get into prayer, the thing I always start with is just thanksgiving to God, just thanking him for what he's done for me, thanking him for all that he is and all who he is. And when we do that, you know, it's very easy to come in on a Sunday morning distracted by all the things that in our lives, everything else going on. Uh, but when you come into his presence with thanksgiving and surrender, it's a peace comes over you, and it's much easier to enter into praise and worship. So that's Yada, raising our hands to God, extending our hands to God in worship and praise. The third Hebrew word for praise I want to talk about is the word Shabbat, S-H-A-B-A-C-H. Shabbat means to exclaim, to shout, to roar, to commend, to address in a loud tone. It's radical, it's aggressive, it's warfare praise. 
This is the kind of praise that shakes the gates of hell. This is the kind of praise that tears down walls and destroys strongholds. And I believe we're a church called to this kind of praise. Not that we're not called to the other expressions of praise either. We are. But I believe the season that we're in is a season calling us to Shabbat kind of warfare praise. uh, Because this type of praise is what tears down strongholds. This type of praise is what tears down strongholds in our community, in our state, in our nation. Um, And I believe if it weren't for this church praising God the way we do, shouting and uh, engaging in this warfare praise, there would be so many more strongholds in this community and state and nation. And I believe we have seen some of those strongholds come down through our praise. Amen. Shabbat praise is the kind of praise we see in Joshua chapter 6 with the Uh, with the destruction of Jericho. And you can read through that whole chapter, but there's some important things to think about in there. For one, they were all in unity and in order. Everything was in perfect order. They followed the commands and, you know, to walk around the, the walls of Jericho seven times. Not six times, not eight times, but seven times. And they weren't called to shout. The children of Israel weren't called to shout until the until the priests had blown their trumpets. So Joshua 6.20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sounds of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat, and the people went into the city and took the city and destroyed everything that was within the city. So this type of praise is powerful and can tear down walls in our lives and our families, in our church, in our community, in our state and nation. And that's why it's so important. Uh, we also see this praise in the book of Daniel when King Nebuchadnezzar was struck insane by God because of his pride. When God restored his sanity, seven years later, Nebuchadnezzar shouted words of Shabbat praise. He says in Daniel 4.37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven because, of everything, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Then again in Psalm 63, verse 3 through 4, this is a great chapter on praise and worship. I'd encourage you to read that almost every day. Uh, David is expressing Shabbat praise as he's in the wilderness of Judah. He says, you know, even in the dry and deserted places, he is choosing to live out his days, lifting a shout of praise to God. I don't know about some of you, but I kind of feel like we're in a bit of a dry season spiritually. Uh, And I think it's important that we remember to praise God, not just in the seasons of victory and, you know, the seasons we're alive and everything is awesome. It's as important to praise God in the dry seasons as it is those victorious seasons because it requires greater faith. Uh, In an article I read, I learned that this shout of Shabbat kind of praise isn't just for a personal declaration, though. Like I talked about earlier, it's very easy to get caught up in ourselves and what praise can benefit us, but it's not just for us. In Psalms 117, it calls all nations to raise a holy roar. Psalms 117 says, it's the uh, shortest psalm, it says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Shabbat, him, all you people. I also learned from the... The notion of Shabbat transcends geography. 
It's a holy roar that reaches from one generation to the next. In Psalms 145, verse 4, it says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I also believe we're in a season of preparing the next generation, uh, helping raise up the next generation that is going to lead the church in the days ahead, the children, the youth, and so on. So that's why it's so important that we engage in this kind of praise because we're declaring God's mighty acts to the next generation. I like what the author wrote. He said, The holy roar of praise is not self-contained, not just for a particular people in a particular space. It's not praise for the purpose of just pumping up the crowd. It's for the purpose of passing the faith from one generation to the next. The next generation, the future church, is waiting for the sound of Shabbat. So that's as much as I'm going to go over today for the Hebrew words of praise. I felt like I did pretty good on time. I didn't go too long. Uh, But I would encourage you all to go and research the seven Hebrew words for praise and look at the other four words as well because they're very important. One last thing I'd like to say is although I believe it's very easy to get focused on ourselves and what we can benefit from praise like I've talked about. It's very easy to get focused on performance, coming to church and trying to perform, trying to work something up, uh, like we don't feel like we're accomplishing anything spiritually unless we're doing a bunch of hooping and hollering and all that. And although shouting and roaring and that holy roar has its place and it's powerful like we talked about, we can't forget our still and quiet worship is just as powerful as well. But our praise and worship should not be focused on ourselves or how we can benefit. It should solely be focused on Jesus and everything he is and everything that makes him as great as he is. If you read through the book of Psalms, you know, there's so many different scriptures and chapters on praise and worship, and it's all, you know, like David exclaiming how great God is and why he's so worthy of our praise. So, anyways, I hoped, again, this wasn't to try and get people jacked up. This is simply to help bring understanding to people and new people who might be new to the church as to why we shout as to why we raise our hands during worship, why we clap, why we sing, why we do all these things. Amen. Amen. Too much stuff. Let me give you just a, a, I'll go a couple more minutes, and, and uh, that was excellent. Praise is an invitation for God to enter the sanctuary. Praise is an invitation to the Father to manifest His presence and power. You know, I... Uh, our, our house is set up, we have the kitchen and, the, and then our, our dining room, it's all together. And then there's the back door. And there are certain people that come to my back door. Zach's one of them. You know, he has permission. He, he could almost just walk in, but I don't think you want to see me in my undies. That would ruin your day, son. But all I got to do is say, come on in. And the door opens. Now, there are certain people I'm not going to be that free about letting them in my house. 
But see, the Father, we have to have that kind of attitude on Sunday morning. Come on in. Come on in, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Amen. So, praise is an invitation for God to enter the sanctuary. Praise prepares a place for God to manifest His power, His presence, and His glory. And here's another one. And this is so important. And Micah touched on this. Praise from a heart filled with gratitude is the responsibility of every believer. Praise from a heart filled with gratitude is the responsibility of every believer. You know, you have, and I I say this, you have um, the privilege to come in to this place because you're a part of this family. Family has rights and privileges. Amen. And so you have, have the privilege to come in on a Sunday morning with the right heart's attitude, being thankful. Now, all I can think about, you know, yesterday, this week I mowed, and it was so dry. My God, it was dry, and it was hot. And all I did was look up and say, Father, we could use another half inch. Well, we got an inch. See? And it's just, and I thank Him. He, I thank Him. I don't know how many times since it rained in the night, I've thanked Him today already three or four times for the rain. See, it's a heart filled with gratitude. That's so important. You know, I I like it when my kids thank me. You know, last night at the races, I played a little game with these kids. Total strangers had come up, just rugrats. And and they'd, they'd, they'd look at the candy. You know, they have that look. Like... They're standing there like vultures, waiting for an invitation. And, and I'll say, you can have a sucker. You can have a piece of bubble gum. And then, I, then they, they take it and they, they back up. And I say, you know what? If you say thank you, you can have another piece. All of a sudden, thank yous were just coming out. Thank you, thank you. And they... Thank you, and can, can I have another? Thank you, and I say, okay, that's enough now. And then pretty soon we'd send, give the total these kids just cards to go hand out, and I said, tell them to come, the other kids to come in for candy. Then they'd come back and they'd total another total kid I'd never stranger I'd never seen before, and he'd take a piece and then he'd say, thank you. So the word got out. Amen. And that's, that's the way with, with, with the Father, if we just have that heart of attitude. There's a scripture that says in Psalm 22.3, but this is King James, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. New King James says, But you are holy, enthroned, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Inhabitest, inhabit means, or enthroned means to remain, to stay and to abide, to remain, to stay and abide. I want the Father, I want the Spirit of grace to abide. I want Him to stay. I want Him to rest. The message translation, in speaking of the Father, makes a statement that says, leaning back on the cushions of Israel's praise. In other words, the Father just settled down and was comfortable at Harvest Church on Sunday morning and stayed. 
put. Amen. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. I'll read this to you. Ephesians 4, verse 1. This is amplified. It brings out a little more of the meaning. It says, Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep. Say guard and keep. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. Be eager, strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. That, In other words, folks, we have to work at, be diligent in guarding this precious unity that we have. You and I have a responsibility to come together in holiness, unity, and praise. Only then will there be a strong manifestation of the anointing of God. You and I have a responsibility to come together in holiness, in unity and harmony, oneness, and then come together in praise. An understanding of the importance of holiness, unity, and praise will protect the body against the attacks of the enemy. Let me say that once more. An understanding of the importance of holiness, that's why we've spent time on these subjects, understanding the importance of holiness, the importance of unity, and the importance of praise will protect the body against the attack of of the enemy. Do you think the devil wants us to be unified? Do you think he wants us to be in one accord? Do you think he wants us to come in here on a Sunday morning and be thankful with a heart filled with gratitude to the Father and give him praise? No, he doesn't. Second Corinthians two eleven says Lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. See, I'm not ignorant of his devices. And not long ago we talked about that Greek word devices, and basically it means mind games. So you and I should not be ignorant of the mind games the devil plays. So important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, uh, a statement here, and then I'm going to close, and then we'll pick up next week, because it's been such a positive message today. And so I want to end on a positive message. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so happy. He's positive. But here are some devices that the enemy will play on you and I. And this church corporately. That will try to stop the unity and the, and, and the praise that goes forth. Unforgiveness. Strife, accusation, misunderstanding. And this is what we'll touch on next week. Discontent and complaining. Discontent and complaining. God inhabits the praises of His people, not the complaining. And how many would... That are, how many of you believe you should be honest and truthful? Let me see your hands if you should be honest and truthful. Ready? How many complained this week about some? Okay. 
Enough said. So if you have, God inhabits the praises of His people, not the complaints. Let's stand up. That way I will quit. (laughs) God inhabits the praises of His people. I'll leave you with this. I want you to meditate on this week. Praise attracts God. Say that. Praise attracts God. Complaining attracts demons. Think about that this week. Now listen, you're going to miss it this week. How's that for a faith statement? I'll probably miss it this week. But just remember, praise attracts the presence of God. But if you're complaining all the time about somebody, a situation, or a circumstance, you're attracting demons from hell. Father, today in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone here. In fact, this is what I want you to do. How many of you got two arms? Even if you had one arm, raise it. We learned something today, didn't we? What's that? What's this mean? Surrender. Surrender. Open hands to God. Father, today we've learned some things about worship and praise. Lord, we don't want to complain in the days ahead, but we want hearts filled with thankfulness. Hearts filled with gratitude. Hearts filled with praise to you, Father, our Creator. And so, Lord, with uplifted hands today, we worship you. We love you. Lord, we surrender all to you, spirit, soul, and body. We thank you that you're a wonderful heavenly Father. You're good and your mercy endures forevermore. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. So today, Lord God, with uplifted arms, we just say we love you, we thank you, and Lord God, in the days ahead, in this new week, Lord, we're going to make more of an effort to give you praise and to express our heart of gratitude to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Anyone here today, before before we leave, you need prayer for your physical man, your physical body. Are you all healthy? Amen. Yes, ma'am. It's kind of swollen. Okay, okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said we could lay hands on the sick. Lord, we've ministered your word today. Now, Lord God, we thank you for... Confirming your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. We loose healing anointing into this wrist, this hand. In the name of Jesus, every ligament, tendon, muscle, joint, nerve ending, be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You got bit by something. It wasn't Caleb, was it? Oh my. 
Okay, put your hand on that, honey. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay hands on this leg. Lord, we command that poison and infection to go in the name of Jesus. Inflammation and swelling, go. We thank you, Father. We can lay hands on the sick. And Lord, we thank you for supernatural quick recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes, ma'am. Four. Where at in your back? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus... We thank you, Lord God, for doctors and surgeons and medical procedures. But, Father, we're we're confessing that, Jesus, you're the ultimate physician for Laura. And we loose healing into this back, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for for surgery, Lord, that goes without any complications. Thank you, Father God, for supernatural recovery for her because healing is the children's bread and she's your child. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm glad you made an effort to be here today, because you sure would have missed out. Amen.